0: This is the Amboco Christian Centre podcast. Welcome to this podcast. It's the first of three talks on the subject of God and rest in our series Kingdom Living, where we're going to look specifically at the subject of Sabbath. And in part one and in part two, we'll look at the scriptures that teach us about Sabbath. And then in the third, we're going to look at some really practical ways of making Sabbath rest a regular rhythm for us. Over the last couple of years, I've had the great joy of taking time to read much more about Sabbath. Uh, Sabbath, uh, not primarily meaning Sundays or the Jewish tradition and culture of setting aside a Saturday, but the concept of stopping and finding rest. And so I'm going to share a little bit of what I've learned. It's not an exhaustive study about the Sabbath or rest. Many have written about the subject, and during this whole process, I will recommend some reading for those of you that may be interested. So in this first blog, um, I'm going to do uh, two things. Firstly, I'm going to set the scene with a very brief introduction and then start to deal with the subject. And um, I've chosen to begin by dealing with the difference between uh, religious observances. Um, This is something that uh, some of us who are older uh, may remember from our experience as children of the do's and don'ts of Sundays whilst growing up. Uh, Or indeed, when we first come to faith, some of us, um, I came to faith in the 70s, and the rules are very strict about things you could and couldn't do on a Sunday. So this whole idea of of, um, of religious observance versus divine intent, what was God's intention? And so asking the question, is there something far deeper, something of eternal value and worth that can so easily be missed by either conforming to a code of practice, or by saying maybe Sabbath is an Old Testament thing and consigning it to the past. So perhaps it's useful for me to begin by telling you a little bit about my own story. Uh, Growing up, my parents had a very strong work ethic. I think I've mentioned this before. I recall my dad saying, nothing comes for free, and you only get what you work hard for. No surprise then that I followed their lead. Um, these became really some of the overarching narratives that formed the way I've lived my life. I'm also naturally an energetic person who likes to make the most of of every moment of life. Um, And whilst this is a good quality to have, like most strengths, often in their shadow lays our biggest weakness or vulnerability. So I I think without realising it, my passion for living life productively and my strong work ethic led me... Uh, to enjoy a pace of life that some might <laughs> call frantic, I had a good job, but it demanded uh, travel and often long hours. So it wasn't unusual. Five thirty a.m. start in the morning till seven thirty p.m. at night. I know others worked longer than that, but that's, that was my regular routine. At certain stages of my career, I also had to work away. Um, we opened our own business, bought and renovated a house in Spain. I served as an elder in our church family and, of course, trying to be a good husband, dad and friend. In this sense, every moment counted. even find myself walking faster to make the best use of time. Uh, and ridiculously, for some reason, I even ran from the gym. Sorry, from the car to the gym. Uh, why didn't I walk? I'm not sure. Unconsciously, my God, I think, was to squeeze every second of every moment of every day. And as I reflect, I realise that other than the holidays and the odd watching of a TV, I possibly had little um, rhythm of rest. Uh, So you can see I'm obviously well qualified to talk about the subject of Sabbath. Um, And uh, after hearing all that, you may well feel exhausted uh, uh, hearing that little of my story or may well say, yep, I too live at a pretty frenetic pace. I don't think I'm on my own. For many of us, it's not unusual to work long hours and then have the pressure of endless activities that you try and squeeze into the weekend. Having growing children often adds to the weekend to-do list. Gym clubs, football practice, swimming, homework, help, uh, and the list goes on and on. And Without realising it, our diaries have become full and stopping and having an intentional rhythm of rest really doesn't feature. As I've looked at the subject of Sabbath, there's one thing that's increasingly become evident. I'm convinced that the pressure of our commodity-led world, our global consumerist culture, that pushes us to aspire for bigger and better and more, I think it's taken control of our diaries. And so for many, whether working in a secular setting or even in a charity or church setting, we can so easily find ourselves on the treadmill slavishly working harder and harder and longer and longer to gain that bigger and better the more that we're all looking for, believing that this is a route leading to some sort of successful life. But I think so often this comes at a cost, It comes at a social cost, a cost to family and friends, a psychological cost, often our mental health, perhaps even a physical cost. And it's true to say, I think, that holding this worldview, allowing this consumer culture to possess us, results in overextendedness, often fatigue, anxiety, fear, and even shame, I think, are all common ailments that come as a consequence of living in a postmodern world fueled by what I call personal gain and private profit. We'll maybe talk more about that at a later date. So basically what I'm saying is our desire, sometimes subconsciously, for more, bigger and better, has trapped us in this never-ending cycle of activity. So slowing down, let alone stopping, is seen as poor performance. The concept of Sabbath is a distant reality. Well, I think maybe it's time for change. Maybe it's time to go back in order to move forward. What do I mean by that? I think we have to rediscover the truth of Sabbath. Maybe our reluctance to be drawn back into a world where Sabbath uh, was seen of a list of rules of do's and don'ts on Sundays, we've thrown the baby out with the bath water. And we need to recover both bath and baby. So it would be my conviction that time is a gift. And I wonder if we've lost the wonder and awe of this gift. Maybe it's even been stolen from us. In fact, we may have been taken prisoner by our commodity-led world. Maybe we are no longer in control. Maybe, knowingly or unknowingly, we are controlled by that bigger, better and more. We're slaves stuck in a system just like the Israelites were when they were in Egypt. One rabbi writes this, uh, an interesting thought. Remember, in liberating Israel... God takes time out of the hands of the Egyptians and gives it back to his people. When we are slaves, the most precious commodity, time, has been taken from us. Let me read that again. I think it's a profound thought. Remember, in liberating Israel, God takes time out of the hands of the Egyptians and gives it back to his people. When we're slaves, the most precious commodity, time has been taken from us so my prayer is that together as we study the subject of time and in particular the whole idea of God and rest or Sabbath rest we would ask the Holy Spirit to do three things for us number one uh, help us to break free from maybe the trap that we're in and recover control of time embrace time as a gift And learn to be wise stewards of it. And I pray, recover rest, recover the gift of Sabbath. So now I've set the scene a little, uh, just briefly. Let's start by taking a look at the issue of the concept of vain religious observance, the do's and don'ts uh, with which we can approach uh, this whole idea of Sabbath rest. And that of divine intent, what was God's original intent? So I think probably for many of us, the concept of shops shut on Sundays and religiously observing an outright ban on anything that, that remotely like work on this holy day are at best maybe a distant memory, or for others, this may come as a complete revelation that anything like this was ever considered to be normal. Uh, I recall in the early years of my pursuit of following Jesus that it felt like a sin to visit a shop, not that many were open, because trading laws didn't change until, I think it was 1994. No watching television on a Sunday. For some, playing outside was banned on a Sunday, and there's an endless list for others of things they couldn't do. Not only that, I think I certainly felt that some doubt would be cast on whether uh, uh, about my allegiance to Jesus and whether it was really true if I broke some of those rules. Well, how times have changed. Sundays. Uh, Traditionally, in our culture, sort of being our day of rest, Sundays are pretty much exactly the same as any other day of the week. Uh, For so many of us, every day looks and feels the same in so many different ways. And I think it's fair to say that when I look back, I think some of the do's and don'ts seem like this religious observance, not a helpful or healthy place. But neither do I think that where we find ourselves today is a healthy place. I would suggest far from it. And so why don't we just turn to the Bible because it has something to say about this issue of religious observance versus divine intention. And it's captured in a dialogue between Jesus and the Pharisees in Luke chapter 6 and in Luke chapter 12 and in other parts of the Gospel of Luke. You can read them for yourselves, 13 and 14. Uh, You may recall the story. uh, It reads something like this, um, Luke 6. Starting around verse 6. A man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. And here we go, verse 8. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He, he sees uh, and can perceive what they're thinking. And he said to the man with the deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Uh, is this Jesus you know, giving the Pharisees a poke in the eye? No, I don't think it really is. What Jesus is going to do is he's going to reveal God's divine intention for Sabbath. And we read this in verse 9. Verse 9, then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this day to save life or destroy it? I think he's sort of asking, what do you think Sabbath is all about? Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is it a day to save life or a day to destroy it? He's pressing on this issue of, what is Sabbath really about? Verse 10, he looked round at them, and one by one, Then said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. So in reading this passage, suddenly it seems the Pharisees have missed the point. We could say their vision of Sabbath was religious observance. The truth of Sabbath rest has decayed or degraded on their watch and it's become this sedentary, ritualistic practice. You could even say perhaps their approach to keeping the Sabbath has defaulted to a system of criteria, uh, articulating all the things that you must or must not do. And uh, maybe it's true in our church tradition. Perhaps we've developed a bad name uh, for this group um, called the Pharisees. They weren't all bad people. In fact, one of the ways they believed that they would see the kingdom of God come on earth, as it was in heaven, which of course is our intention, and was Jesus, was through God's people being holy. And so their, their way to holiness was to insist on compliance to the law. And so they became uh, sort of God's compliance managers. In fact, they even added a few more instructions to be on the safe side. So compliance becomes this faceless power that controls people's behavior. Their eagerness to uphold the law by their insistence on observance blinds them to the truth of the divine intention that undergirds the reason for the law in the first place. The plan uh, they're executing looks nothing like God's original design and this is why Jesus pushes the Pharisees by asking them some questions. I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or destroy it? Jesus isn't picking a fight. I don't think he is. He's pushing the Pharisees to consider the plan they're executing and questioning their understanding of God's original intention, his original design for this day. And then he asked the man, as we read, to hold out his hand. The withered arm is restored. What has been lost over time is recovered. What was deformed is reformed. What wasn't whole becomes complete you see sabbath is more than a compliance tickness. god's plan for rest is the point at which what has been lost is recovered what is deformed is reformed rest is about becoming whole and complete this is the point of jesus teaching and then again in luke chapter 13 why don't we have a look at this as well jesus is teaching in the synagogue on the sabbath and he sees a woman crippled by an evil spirit. You may have heard me talk about this before. Verse 11 tells us, she has been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. So he calls her over and he says to her this, he says this verse 11, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. He touches her and she can stand up straight for the first time in 18 years. The leader in charge of the synagogue, of course, is outraged. He tells Jesus, there are six days for working. Come and be healed on those days, but not on the Sabbath. In other words, we're closed. You could even say the kingdom of God, what Jesus is about to say is the kingdom of God then is closed on Sabbath. Jesus confronts the leaders of the synagogue and he says this, listen, don't you untie your donkey and ox on a Sabbath and lead them to water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years, isn't it right that she be released on the Sabbath? These are fascinating words. What is Jesus doing here in this passage? He's teaching the truth about Sabbath. This is what he's doing. Sabbath is about being untied, or that lovely, beautiful, old-fashioned word, unfettered. Freedom is the ultimate point of Sabbath. So we need to ask ourselves, what are we tied to that God wants us to be untied from? Jesus is teaching this. He's teaching that rest, stopping, being still, is the point that strongholds that have held us are broken. Sabbath is about being released from those things that cripple us. The woman's life is never the same. Sabbath rest is supposed to be life-giving and life-changing. And for this woman, after 18 years of suffering and pain, Sabbath becomes the gateway for healing and wholeness. This is the very point of Sabbath. So let's look at just one more passage, and that's in Luke chapter 14. And we see uh, a consistent story that Jesus is telling. Luke seems to be uh, very keen to emphasise this whole teaching that Jesus has on Sabbath. So as we get to chapter 14 we read about Jesus being invited to dinner by a leader of the Pharisees and there's a man whose legs are swollen and we'll pick up the story in verse 3. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it permitted to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and said, Which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your donkey or cow falls into a pit, don't you rush and get him out? See again, what's Jesus doing here? Jesus is pushing on the Pharisees on what they think is the purpose of Sabbath. And he uses this absolutely beautiful metaphor of being rescued. These are the words of Jesus. If your donkey or cow falls into a pit, don't you rush and get him out? I'm sure all of us would agree, and we've all landed in them at different points in our lives, life has loads of pitfalls. Uh, Most of us at some point have been prone to getting ourselves into situations that we need rescuing from. Uh, We end up in places we'd rather not be. Often our response is to expend more effort and energy to work harder, thinking that our own labour in some sense or form will rescue us from this situation. But what's Jesus doing? What's Jesus teaching in this situation? Jesus is teaching that Sabbath, what rescues us is a rhythm of stopping. What pulls us from the pit is being still. What reaches down and draws us out is resting. These things are the means by which We are rescued, metaphorically, from our pit. Uh, It's beautiful teaching of Jesus on the purpose of the Sabbath. So in drawing this first vlog to a conclusion, or this first, first podcast, I should say, to a conclusion, let me ask you to think about three things. Number one, uh, Why don't you look back through your diary or if you haven't got a diary or think back over your year even, um, not just lockdown, and ask this fundamental question. Do you have a rhythm of rest? A place where uh, you can put things in perspective? Uh, A place where you feel um, restored, reinvigorated, a place of freedom from the pressures of doing? And discovering a place of being. So look through your diary. Number one, look through your diary. Is this a regular part of your life's rhythms? Number two. So we've looked back. Number two, looking forward. um, As you've heard this first podcast, and you'll hear a, a second and a third. Maybe we can together look forward and say, how will we reshape the use of our time and make space, a regular space? Preferably, I think the Bible articulates a weekly rhythm of rest. How are you going to create space in your diary for a weekly rhythm of rest? If God needed it, then you certainly do. Well, not that God needed it, but God chose it as a part of creation. Uh, in his creative purpose he made it so looking forward how do you reshape your time to make space for a regular rhythm of rest and number three what are the things that you never have time for that you find a restorative how help you to give perspective on your life and where you feel most free let me ask that question again so what are the things that you never have time for that you find a restorative that help you give you perspective on your life where you feel most free have they got a place in your diary so there are the three questions look back and have you had a rhythm look forward can you make a rhythm and thirdly this thought what are the things that you find most restorative and help give you perspective in your life and have they got a place in your diary so that ends our first podcast. The second podcast will be slightly longer and we're going to turn to the scriptures, beginning creation, and look at Sabbath from a biblical perspective. Thank you for listening to Ambleco Christian Centre's podcast. For more information about who we are, what we believe, and how you can get involved, check out our website, www. Ambleco